0: Welcome, everybody. This is Tevo D'Arcy, and we're here at the DFW Leader Online Ministry Fellowship at onlinefellowship.us for ministers and Christians, and we give our word of the Lord to all Christians. For them, as a sila that means pause and think about it, but anybody else from any other faith is always welcome and respected. Just know that we give our upfront messages to the Christian Today we're going to talk about why I got my drill sergeant, how I got it, and what is a drill sergeant. Well, a drill sergeant is, to me, that I used to be, I was raised so calmly, so tamely, so, I don't know, strictly, but not over-strict by my mother and father who are pastors, but really mainly Christians and teachers, educators, and I never needed to rise up and be strong or have to, you know, keep myself from being bullied or run roughshod over by any tough customer and MTC, my word for the mentally tough customer. So when I got out to the deep southwest after the relocation, you know, I always wanted to keep a pure heart. I always try to live and abide and walk every day out, in and out 24-7 in James 3.17 demeanor. That means representing the wisdom from on high with God's help. You know, I need his help to do it. That is pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy, because that's how I was raised, respected, and how I always have been in every situation, business, church, ministry, privately, to the best of my ability. It isn't always comfortable. And I'm not always perfect, but I do my best. And I have never been one that had to really get myself braced for the next tough customer until I moved out to the deep Southwest. And frankly, it wasn't in any. It was the Christian. So when I would try to react and act like sweet baby Jesus, which is what they want, And what I would like to be in sweet baby Jesus, it turned out, can get you run roughshod over. But then they'll quote that if you stand up and try to take the right track and not be bullied or not be owned or not be possessed or have a different kind of thought or if they steal your stuff, which I had this happen when I first got here like three times before I knew the lay of the land of the tough customer, born again, quasi-Christian. That was a minister, then I realized, man, something's really rotten in the doctrinal Denmark. Because when I have a rough experience, disrespect, rude, or demeaning, chauvinism, misogynist, because see, my father wouldn't like that. We were not, he's very respectful to all people, including women, all races. So when I would get this in the lay of the land, the lake of fire, I later came to call it, I thought, wow, this is a relationship, big issue. It's about relationship. It's about disrespect and the meaning of a fellow peer, minister, Christian, female, stranger, and newbie. And after I see things three times, the Holy Spirit had told me years back that as a prophet, one of his prophets, I'm too, teach on it if I discover something that hurts his name going on in Christ you know Christ's following in ministry or that hurts other people. So that's why I'm mentioning this so strongly. So when I came out here I was not prepared for anything in the spiritual climate post-Christian in many places. I was not prepared for the not finding the holy fear of the Lord in most Christians, maybe 85% not. I was not prepared to meet tough customers because, see, I'm not up in the elevated, surrounded by bodyguard handlers right now. I might have to later. But I just wasn't famous, and I didn't think as a Christian who wanted to fellowship get ministry affiliation that one would have to be that tough to really have anyone treat you with respect and treat you with, I don't know, like a perceptive ability to discern somebody was also a leader just a little bit not famous or into that achievement business mode which was really the fruit of systems because see i'd never been raised around christian systems legalistic systems that are the demand out here big and small and the system to me means that you go in there and you think you're going to church you think you're going to fellowship with the saints like the first church And yet you find that everybody is devoted, bowing and scraping even under the, I don't know, the spirit of almost like a cult, not as Jim Jones, not as all bad, but it's just like, man, these people are immune. This is what I meant. They're blind. They're immune to the stranger. They duck and avoid you, even if they're Christian, if you don't fit their what appears to be their stereotype, sort of a bland, good-looking, hasty, busy. And at one point, when I was first experiencing my first mega ministry, when they were like that, I never knew showbiz, you know, in Christianity. And so it was beautiful, but it was just some of it. But it was like, after a while, you think, wow, this is so surface, shallow, hail, hail fellow well met. Well, those people were too busy and full of themselves to pay attention, but they were not the tough customers. Yet still, I noticed what is in the doctrinal bathwater that people are blind to the the newbie, the stranger, and then why, if you have a need to talk to somebody, they won't accept you or meet with you or do anything because I had a grief going on. I lost my husband. And they've got this formula down that they don't talk to you, it looks like, unless you're their member, official member, which I'm not going to be a member unless the Lord ever tells me, but he's telling me right now not to be a member because it's really not even, it's just part of a system in the making. I think everybody needs to hear for themselves, but for me I prefer not to join because I'm a founder of this ministry and a church. So the issue is everyone to their own, but there are doctrinal differences, and that's why I'm explaining it. So out in the land of super, super fast-paced, busy, and achievement, Christianity, everybody drives a certain amount of miles. I used to say it's like 45 minutes to go anywhere good, which it still is. But I've gotten past that. I dropped out of that famous face, showbiz, charismatica, and I'm not a charismatic because it wasn't. Their doctrine of authority was controlling like iron will, and it created Phariseeism, hoop-jumping, man-pleasing. And then weak Christians, weak believers who are dependent upon the senior prophet, pastor, apostle, but whatever it was, it was not producing in the seats depth, maturity, or ability to think for themselves. And this is across our nation. Well, back to the tough customers. You know, I had my run-ins, which I didn't know because I was trying to find an affiliation as a minister back then. I'm now Galatians 1 one and 2 at the leading of the Lord, not sent out under any one person or any one group or by them, but by the Lord because I'm a chief apostle, doctrine originator, servant leader. So we're out in the grassroots field because I'm a missionary. I've been an American missionary all my life, and I love it every day. I'm just out there, and the Lord leads me, and I love to witness. I love to give the good news, and I love to be not controlled. So when I was trying to before, you know, like 10 years ago, when I was trying to find affiliation in a brand new place as the newbie, it was then I discovered the doctrinal bathwaters of chauvinism, disrespect, and then showbiz again. But also unless you're willing to bow and scrape to their system or play their game, play a game. Well, when I was, Out in the grassroots, I would bump into these people that were always selling me something. Christians. Same kind of tongue talkers. And I was impressed in a not too positive way, not too hopeful way that, man, everybody's got something to sell me. Nobody wants to do anything nice for anybody unless you pay them. And that came from the East Coast where that was all I did. I give. I came to give, and nobody wanted it because it—I don't know—just it my look. So I was learning the lay of the land, the lake of fire, as I called it, in Christianity, because I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never been—I still have it. I've never seen, it. but I pulled out. It's been so helpful and therapeutic. Right now, I'm out of that, and it's peaceful and calm. But anyway, so when I was. In these places where I'd meet different kinds of Christians, I called it toxic Christ-following, caustic, unsafe, because I got, like I said, three different types of the same spirit-filled but different, you know, branches of it. One was, I guess you'd say, plastic, charismatic, mega. One was old-line Pentecostal from the depths of Dallas City, Typical, looked like a National Geographic stereotype. Not real educated, but talking the talk and having the anointing, they said. And another one was, oh, yes, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But then it was smooth talking and refused to be held accountable. That's when I started meeting some tough people. And I realized the Lord put on my heart, listen, Tabo, you've got to be stronger. You've got to be tougher. I'm no naive. I wasn't naive. But as a mature Christian all my life, I've never met people that who said they're Christian that turned out to be otherwise. And out here, down here, I've never met it until I moved to McKinney. I don't count McKinney in that. And I'm not in that anymore. But for my learning curve, the growth spurt, it was like, man, I can't get away from these. They're just milling them too fast. So there is three reasons. One, there's no holy fear of the Lord right now. But there is self-righteousness, Right, self-righteousness. I'm assessing it, not accusing it. It's plain fact. Two, there's more family chaos and dysfunction. People maybe were raised rough. And when they got to be Christian, they got a title. They got somebody to look for you know, to join their ministry and say they're under them and trade on their name, now they can emulate them, look like them, get their business card, and be the tough customer Christian that one always can bump into if they're not careful. Talking the talk, but using, and if you do try to hold them accountable, this is why I realized I had to get tougher. Get my drill sergeant. The Lord would say, Tevo, you don't have your drill sergeant. You need to get your drill sergeant. So, in the last three years, two and a half years of what went on in my life prior to this time, right now in 2020, I got my drill sergeant and I'm ready. I'm braced. I'm not going to tolerate it. In fact, if I, as a pastor, my kind of pastor is apostle, pastor, visionary, prophet, but sent globally, not. It's international, but it's also is more of a embassy, more global people who used to for other nations. Because the t- when I stop to have to mention and describe what I go through, it was never a dark-skinned human that has ever done anything that I've mentioned. It has never been one who has not spoken in tongues and said they believe in that. It is one that has never been from another nation. It has only been the locals of the natural byproduct of what is going on in family, and that's the third issue. So there's TV media that's affecting this, those kind of people. Showbiz wanting to be famous and well-known, in my opinion. Poor family, and maybe poor me. Oh, yo, you know, we're just the righteousness of God if we steal your stuff and take your stuff and... You try to get us, you're just not being sweet like baby Jesus. That's when I learned all this. All this came from out here. You're not being sweet like baby Jesus. So I analyzed what that meant. That means they've heard too much teaching about I am the righteousness of God. Not that's wrong with that, I believe in that, but they were using it to get their way. It was like licentious use, greasy grace. It was, what is licentiousness? It is using somebody, twisting God's word to get what they want at their expense, at the other person's. It's relationship devaluing, disrespecting in ministry. That's what I call attention to it now. So until I got my tough customer on, I don't want to be a tough customer, believe me, but until I got my own... Drill sergeant on, I felt like I was like ready, ready made target for them. And that's sad that you cannot be just a normal person when you have that much going on. And yet, I think the right now, the top people that they say they're under do not know how bad it is. And I, when all this went on, and they said they were following brother so and so and they were in his ministry group. I cringed. I felt for brother so-and-so, Christian brother. He's got a good reputation. The people, they say they're under them, whether it's the bishop or the leader or the prophet, and the people are doing all this stuff to honor them, but really lying and using God's name in vain because it's not Christian. So I got my drill sergeant on because you have to have it ladies, and some of you men, in business. And this is kingdom business. I've just fed up, and that's why I don't tolerate many things. All these peculiar doctrinal spins God has given me, like the Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, from such turn away commanded fellowship, comes from all of this and whelp. Western European Levitical patriarchism shepherding, demanding that they be over me and all these people, which is controlling, and not New Testament. Therefore, God has given me revelation on these types of things to help many of you. It's a learning curve, but it took a long time, but now I feel so free, so joyful, and I can't go back. I I go places. I fellowship with the saints all the time, but I will never officially be under a ministry because once you get under them you're not free to be what the Lord really wants you to be and say anything anytime do I respect them yes they have their choice so the points I'm making come under fall under common doctrine Ephesians 4 that there are four common doctrines which call a real Christian a real Christian you can tell they're a real Christian by one lord Jesus one faith Christianity one baptism baptism in water one let's see one lord one faith one baptism one god the father of us all the creator father Jesus father so those four things are the standard of a real christian all of Paul's writings all the things commands are to be done everything in the bible in the New Testament, but it's not legalism. It's not. It should not be used to accuse people if they don't do it. It's none of your business. It's a. It's really about preaching it, not compromising it, not toying with it, not devaluing it, minimizing it. But then not being the overseer boss that keeps your eye, minding other people's business to see if they're going to church, doing it your way. All that stuff. Instead, that builds what I call neo-Phariseism. And that's why I'm really out of all these types of Christians because it's it's like the police watching you or the, you know, you get jumped. I have gotten jumped in public without anyone knowing my name three times over 20-some years. That is not pleasant. And it does build one to have to teach on it. So I'm very low-key. God is very understanding I am. But after a while, you know, Jesus Christ's name is being smeared, and the famous good people that are quality, and the the quality everyday natural Christian is being lost in this as well. And this is part of caustic, toxic Christ-following that needs some balance in its teaching. So I'm the balance, some of the balance, to the ministry to help fill in some gaps and point out to the head people that don't know this is going on, that maybe they should train better for relationship respect for ladies, for men all ages, all races, out in the seats. So the Second Timothy friendly fire from such turn away toxic fellowship is that the pure-hearted people have tried their best to fellowship with the saints, to be a local member, to attend the Christian Fellowship of Ministries time after time. They've given it their best, and they find that they're still the fruit of the people in the relationships, out in the seats, out in the groups that you have to hang with, the clique in the club, are accusers, boasters, lovers of themselves. And all that types of things. So the Bible says, from such turn away, so the pure hearted people have turned away, and so have I. The qualification is that you don't just say, oh, yeah, now I don't have to go to church, now I don't have to go, and you know, and you quit because you're just easy wanting the way out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being their accuser and saying, oh, look, we're so goody, goody, holy, and you know, now I can. They did something two times, one time, and I won't forgive them. So you know, now I'm going to leave. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about being a critical spirit. I'm talking about being forgiving them, praying for them, confronting them if they will allow it, if they will submit to that, and if they still won't, and you find it's bother, it's toxic, is affecting your marriage, your children, then you need to get out and do it quietly, privately, and shake the dust off your feet. That's the number. All this in my life history has come after television and media, and all the hype and all the new hoops to jump through to look good, smell sweet, get your name in the glossy, famous magazine for your conference that started in the 80s on to now, and it grew with TV. I'm for TV, I am on TV. God wants you to, you know, people to be on TV for the Christians, but I'm not for immature fruit producing toxic club members and also this fan club mentality that are not disciples, not true Christians, but just the byproduct of let's make it fast and quick and easy and look good, sort of a fakey, you know, false product, you know, false fruit. So I have to confront it and I have to mention it. And I have to say, why I had to have a drill sergeant? Maybe it don't look so sweet, baby Jesus. All you know, because after all, dealing with this time after time after time, and they're not in the barista fellowships. No, they're nice. That's what's so nice being away from that. I enjoy not being around doctrine that accuses or that labels me. You know, like from afar and st- stereotype type typecast me brother has that been a huge awful discovery that people are that fast paced full of themselves egocentric that they think they will always have people like you know they'll always be the market to get all these thousands of people in that they can just disrespect the ones they don't like and it has been a an, an amazing horrible Discovery, and I'm pointing it out to pray for it. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for everyone to examine their doctrine. Let's pray for every minister to get their heart right, to get their motives for ministry right. Why be in ministry after all this? Why have a ministry? Is this what is in the Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Is that how Jesus did it with his relationships? Mark Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John when he was in ministry with his mother, Mary, alive in the area. Family, friends, foes, society. Read Jesus, Christ, the Messiah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how he acted and reacted. And then we just do the same. I don't see any sin-spires, hoop-jumping hierarchy that Jesus set up, or Paul. Paul who wrote two-thirds of the Bible, does say in Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints, as some have. However, that didn't mean you have to be a part of the system. It doesn't say, don't stop fellowshipping with the system, as some of you have. It just says, with the saints. And that is open-ended. It doesn't say how. You can do it in a private little Bible study, you can do it in a mega ministry of thousands and tens of thousands, and you can do it as the Lord leads you. It's not their business or mine. We want you to be mature and grow and whole and have fellowship. Iron sharpens iron. The corporate anointing has more power in it of the Holy Spirit when he moves if they're a, you know in a bigger church. But I'm not legalistic. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 10.28 rather, 10.25 about fellowshipping is not part of Ephesians 4, common doctrine, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all. All those sins, some of them are toe curling, hair curling, and everything else curling that the Bible talks about in Jude and all these different things. Those things everyone is accountable for, but God knows it is my opinion now. This is an opinion, that after common for doctrine, all the instructions and all the all the things that are not a part of the law are God says do it, but he knows each one of us as individuals are also weak, and that we may not be able to be a hundred percent perfect. We have besetting sin. However, he gives his whole armor, he gives his instruction, his word, to give us strength, faith. And we are to do our own part to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, also the Holy Spirit fruits and everything. So I'm just mentioning a few things and noting that when you're a missionary out on the front lines, you have to have your game on. (laughs) You have to have your game on right now more than any time. And I know it's pockets around the United States, not just here, but out here is more dense per capita. And it's more, I guess you call it red state countries, deep south. They never, you know, the natives, not all are like that. Some are real genteel. But I'm saying that the, the number of tough cut, I would never have been this feisty. I, was, I would never have known I had to be. My father was so low-key. I was so low-key until now. But now I know that it's desperate to teach good doctrine. It's desperate to give people fill in the gaps, revelation, and ministry to keep from poisoning Jesus' name out in the front lines in the seats and out in the local area where these people are roaming free will. I would call these people, and I've got to finish right now, but they fall into the category to me of God's tough customers, born-again Egyptians living in denial. They may have accepted Jesus, they may be in ministry, but they're not living the life. The fruit is not quality or safe or pure. They can fall into the category of 2 Timothy 2, 24-26, minister with meekness to those who oppose themselves, lest they peradventure get themselves out of the captive of the devil who's gotten them there by their own will. The other one would be Psalm 144, the strange children. Be careful, it says. Be warned of the strange children. Keep your children away from them as well, and all will go well. I just didn't know about it till now, and I have had some issues, real issues, because of out here, because of what goes on in no fear of the Lord in ministry, Christian born-again ministry. Pray. Let's pray and ask God to Send open the eyes of the blind to raise up those who are cast down. And then it says, those who murmured shall learn doctrine, Isaiah. God is good as mercy endures. He loves you. This is Dr. T, Tavo DRC, signing off for now. If you'd like to donate and to the DFW Ministry Online Fellowship, go online at onlinefellowship.us and look on the left, and you'll see our little donation. God bless you and have peace. God bless.